the you kind of like this guy, but when you can't decide between the filet o fish or the Big Mac, and he says, I'll get you both. Thank you. You definitely <laughs> like this guy meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Hello, and welcome to the Bald Move Television Podcast, where the officially unofficial podcast for all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. And we have uh, the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a special series um, on the new HBO miniseries called Chernobyl. Uh, it is written by one Craig Mazin, uh, is directed by Johan Rink, and stars Jared Harris, which you might know from uh, two years ago, The Excellent The Terror, uh, as well as his uh, role, a notable role as, what's his name? What was Lane. His? Lane Price uh-huh. on Mad Men. Uh, also Stellan Skarsgård and Emily Watson. Uh, the first chapter, entitled 12345, aired this Monday night subsequent installments i think those five chapters in total are going to air on each subsequent monday um jim we've both mm-hmm. seen this what 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 did you think i thought it was amazing uh the entire episode uh, do you remember what it felt like to watch the movie gravity yes it kind of felt like that except if every second of the movie you realized oh yeah no she's totally fucked and dead yeah and there's nothing she could do about it yeah yeah uh that's what this entire episode felt like to me because you know knowing anything about radiation and and how it affects your body uh and the levels that are given off and this Uh close proximity to a nuclear plant i'm like no everyone involved in this is fucked and i know that like people do people did survive this people in the control room were like pretty well uh, shielded from mm-hmm. a lot of the radiation that, mm-hmm. that was, you know, in the, the clouds and in the, you know, the initial explosion. But the whole thing is just this, oh my God, this mm-hmm. is so fucked up. And everybody is dying and they're in denial and, or half of them are in, are in denial and the others are telling them we're all fucked and dead and we right. need to fix this. And it's just, I, I, I felt myself just wanting to curl up into a ball and go, Oh no! Mm-hmm. Oh no! Yeah, and it's like a divide between people who know what they're doing and how they're going to die, and some of them are do- trying to do helpful things. Some of them are doing things that are ultimately doomed for failure or even just pointless. Like I, mm-hmm. I will talk about some of that later. But then there's also a lot of firemen who just were showing up for what they thought was a structure fire. Yeah, and yeah, a lot and, of and you these... watch them heading heading in toward, it and you're like, oh no, you're you're dead, yeah. you're done. It's funny because like I don't know how much you know about chernobyl um very little actually it happened when i was four yeah and i so obviously like i didn't understand right. anything about it I, right. I barely even knew like i, I looked it up because i wondered did this happen during my lifetime or was yeah, it like right, right before me right uh apparently it did but i i knew okay there was a, a nuclear uh reactor that exploded and they had to seal it with a shitload of concrete right, and right. now nobody can still go very close to it although it's you know right. kind of being taken over by nature again right i think that like it's it's so i was 10 years old and it happened i remember being you know talked about a lot in like the weekly readers at school and kind of being on news and concern about it being like maybe a worldwide kind of fallout event and then like uh my recollection is it's kind of fixed and everything's cool (laughs) and then i got in my 20s and i remember the first time i thought about chernobyl again since i was a kid is i saw this uh photo essay that was purported to be taken by this attractive Russian woman as she's motorcycling through the then forbidden mm. uh, exclusion zone that was around Chernobyl, where they've actually militarily roped off like no one can enter. And um, it turns out what someone done, they'd gotten some pictures of like, I guess, an official visit from like a scientist or something and then packaged it with unrelated photos of this yeah. hot Russian woman in a motorcycle <laughs> and then packaged this up. So you had it up. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, like the dude didn't have to do this, like the photo essay, like just going through. And these are some of the first photos I think the west had ever seen of the ghost town that is yeah. the priat or prepat or whatever the, the the town was that supported the chernobyl facility uh it's just amazing it's so eerie mm-hmm. like you know this this relatively modern although distinctively eastern block looking city that was just abandoned mm-hmm. um like like it's like everyone got raptured out of it um and so then i'm like oh yeah that's interesting and then a couple years later i saw on reddit like this is about five years ago um some uh guy who is writing a book about this thing the chernobyl uh called um 12345 um 
he did like a 160 pay uh, image imager post where he had actual pictures of its construction hmm. um pictures of the like blueprints of the reactor so that he could refer and explain like all the different things that went on and like pictures of the scientists involved and control room operators and pictures like some of the only pictures in existence of like the day the accident actually happened and like he just tells the entire story and i remember being like very absorbed about like this is fucking crazy because you know it's like it's so weird because when it first was reported in the west it was like headlines of like you know crazy soviet nuclear disaster thousands dead Mm -hmm. which was actually more sensational than than what actually happened yeah but i feel like everyone's base level chernobyl is like they don't think it's as big as it is and then like it was featured in like you know one of the modern warfares was a pretty memorable scene where you're going through, you know, the abandoned Chernobyl reactor and the facilities around it in the ghillie suit. And that's pretty cool. Before we uh, move on further in discussion, I want to do some housekeeping for Bald Move. Uh, this Wednesday, which is actually today, we released the latest installment of Super Serious Film Fest Fantasy. We went back and looked at the 1996 film Dragonheart. Um, it's, it's, it's Sean Connery as an animated dragon with Dennis Quaid uh, doing some really bad stunt work. Uh, it's pretty entertaining. We got an enhanced podcast on youtube.com slash bald move, and you can listen to the podcast podcast in the uh, the movie feed. Uh, if you go to search for bald movies, you can find it in your favorite podcast app. Um, and also for club members, uh, there's a live watch where we actually watch the movie with you. It's a lot of fun. And then tomorrow, also in the movie feed, we're going to be reviewing Detective Pikachu for some reason. And that'll be a good time. And, of course, we also got Game of Thrones raging throughout the week in the Game of Thrones feed. And we'll be back Friday to do, in this year, TV feed to do another kind of, like, potpourri roundup of all the new releases that have come out in the various various outlets. All right. Before we get further into discussion, uh, we're about to get spoilery, uh, but in an unconventional way because... Um, I think Jim and I both know a little bit about Chernobyl going in and I didn't, uh, I really tried not to read anything about it, but I failed. Right. And uh, but as I experienced, like I just explained, I I've, I'm several years late to, to not spoil this for myself. So we're going to talk about stuff, stuff that now that all these events that I'm, we're about to describe take place before the opening of this episode. This is all prologue. Um, it could be that the episode goes back or the ep- future episodes go back and detail some of this stuff. Um, you know, at the hands of uh, Jared Harris, and that could be considered spoilers. We're also going to talk about the effects of radiation poisoning, which some might consider spoilers. Uh, obviously, uh, you should watch this for yourself, um, and we think it's an amazing show, and everybody should, if, if, if you want to be completely spoiler-free, everybody should stop now and uh, listen to it before they begin. And also, if you'd be really sensitive about historical background details leading up to the, the Chernobyl explosion and maybe you want to see the horrors of radiation firsthand, uh, not listen to this until a couple couple weeks go by. But uh, the choice is yours. We're about to get spoilery. So I know a lot, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like someone at one point explained to me exactly how this disaster happened. And then if someone told me, okay, now tell me how this disaster happened. Dude, because it has to do with uh, d- decay and, yeah. and atoms coming off of yeah. other other materials yeah. and and not being absorbed properly yeah. or absorbed too much. Like I, yeah. I went down a Wikipedia hole right. last night trying yeah. to trying to figure this out. Right. Well, there's some control rods and moderators. And, it's it's above my head, yeah. I'll say. Uh but in and it's it is very hard to understand, but like it's also very easy to understand because the the whole reason it happened is because five or six different unrelated things yeah. happened that made a safety test go wrong. Um and then because like it's like like like, I don't know how much they're going to explain about this, and um, all this stuff has happened before the actual episode. I was actually surprised the structure of the episode. I was too. Um, yeah. That it begins with the reactor exploding just in in the middle of it. Like, like you're 30 well, seconds into it. it doesn't even it. begin with that, right? It begins with uh, Jared, right. Jared Harris yeah. uh, killing himself. Yeah. Is, is Jared Harris going to get typecast as, like, a brainy, <laughs> snobbish intellectual who hangs himself in despair? Yeah. He loves getting hanged in yeah. his movies, doesn't he? Yeah, he seems he films. He seem, seemingly does. But you're right that, and then we open up in this apartment complex where this young woman, yeah. apparently she's pregnant in the early stages of being pregnant, mm-hmm. walking back to her bed, and oh, in this bedroom window you just see this distant like flash, and yeah. then five seconds later this this rumble of the of the the plant exploding or the, the reactor exploding. 
Uh, and then you go and then to the control room and, and on all bets are off. But like the so so the thing meanings happen is like they're going to do so this 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 Soviet reactor. I'm going to try to take a, st- a stab at explaining like how this shit works. Mm-hmm. Okay, like the whole reason the fission works is because you have these like unstable like that that they like so so the reason why things are radioactive is because they are decaying, which means they're giving off these neutrons that can do bad things to you right and that's uh, a source of energy all naturally occurring forms of these things don't like go critical because you know how would they so what you do is you enrich this shit and you get it even more unstable and then you control this reaction with these things called control rods and moderators to both increase the speed of the reaction and slow down the speed of the reaction yeah um and there's a lot of ways you can design this and there's a lot of like you know, there's some safe, like some ones I'm familiar with is like these control rods, which are essentially things you drop in the middle of the reactor. They mm-hmm. soak up the, radi- the, the the spare radiation so that the reaction starves itself. Yeah. Some of these are suspended by an electromagnet. So if the power fails to the plant, they just instantly slam into the mm-hmm. reactor, shut everything down. Mm-hmm. This weakness, I guess, <laughs> of the Soviet design is that um, it needed active cooling from water, both to moderate uh, uh, to, to slow down the reaction and also to cool it. Mm-hmm. And the Soviets knew that that was a a problem. So they had all these like, okay, if this pr- power plant itself fails, then it can fail over to the national grid. But what if the national grid fails? Mm-hmm. Then they had these bank of diesel generators that could spin up. But this, the other thing about this, the Chernobyl reactors is that they're fucking massive. Yeah, they're like like the size of like the shuttle launch facility building. Um, and to get these massive pumps to pump the amount of water needed, uh, they needed like 90 seconds for these generators to spin up and provide that. Yeah, but it's like 5.5 megawatts yeah. for the generator yeah. uh, to, to just cool, to run the pump to cool the facility right, right, while right, the right. reactor's not on. So so they, they had this thing where it's like they the the the, the longest the reactor could go without melting down in those conditions, like 10 seconds, and they had the best safety margin was 90 seconds. Yeah. So they had this idea is like, okay, well, in the case of like a total power loss, the turbines will still be spending. Mm-hmm. So, and they'll spin for like a minute or two because they're massive and they take a long, they're like constantly losing power, but they can power the reactor, the pumps long enough to keep the water cooling. It's kind of the, a similar principle to like regenerative, regenerative breaking. Right, exactly. Where you're using sort of the, the right. inertial force of the, something that's the, happening. The, the steam from the heat of that's, and that's also how you get electricity from a, a nuclear plant. It's like everything's steam technology. Yeah. Um, you heat up water to a boiling point. It turns into steam. That turns a rotor. So like you're essentially, you're right. You're reversing that process. The nuclear reactor is no longer powering it. You're now drawing power from the big turbine spinning down. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be their safety margin. Like as that's spinning down, the diesel generators are powering up, and by the time they're at full capacity, the other thing had wound down. Everything's cool. Uh, <laughs> ironically, they were testing this new system, mm-hmm. and it was designed like they had like a whole bunch of electrical engineers on the site, and the day, and the day shift was fully prepped and and ready to do this test. And then one of their power plants failed in another province, so they're like, "Hey, could you keep running Chernobyl?" Yeah. So that we can, you know, not lose power in the country. And they're like, sure, fine. Uh, and this condition lasted to like 10, 11 o'clock at night. And the decision was made to just go ahead and run with the test on the night crew. Even the, though they didn't have much training on they it. The they training, weren't prepared, they didn't have the procedures. Really. They didn't yeah. have the electrical engineers standing by to do so. But but this guy was asked to do it. And this, this, doc, this, this movie lays out the case very well that this guy is not going to tell his bosses no on anything. Yeah. And they... Uh, got this because they didn't know what they're doing they got this rack reactor in a state where it was just about to like boil over and then they can started conducting the experiment and then like the water heated up a, an additional couple degrees it started turning to steam um now the reactor is counting on water to be there to moderate its reaction to cool it and it's now steam mm-hmm. which allows those parts of the reactors with the steam bubbles to to start um getting even hotter so then it just flashes all the water and system steam and the thing blows up and to get an idea of like like how large this explosion was like there's what they call the biological containment um shell which was on top of the reactor and that's supposed to be like if you know all if the fucking thing goes super critical and everything melts down inside here then we've got like this just just like half a mile deep of concrete to absorb it if it melts down into the earth and we also have a 450 ton lead shield above the entire facility this explosion blew that top completely off Mm. and it landed like a 45 degree angle so like 
and that's, that's the other thing is like I, the the people inside the plant like well if the reactor had blown up we would all be dead like it, yeah. but but because of the construction of the building all of the force of the impact just drove it right up into so everyone in the surrounding facilities was more or less you know fine and that's <laughs> yeah, one and, of and the they reasons didn't really even think that it was possible to blow up one of these what our our right. kbm reactors right. or whatever the fear is that you'd have a meltdown right yeah not yeah. that it would actually explode and right. send debris flying like right they didn't think it was possible and so when that happens there the denial is almost understandable in a way right um it, it kind of flew against everything they knew as chief engineers of a nuclear facility right like, uh it's it's the unthinkable, uh, literally the unthinkable, because right. I couldn't imagine it happening. Right. Yeah. Um, it's. I, it's, I kind of thought of like you know in Apollo thirteen when they flip the switch to stir to oxygen tanks and it blows up. Uh-huh. Like, um, you know they didn't ex- it, like they wouldn't conclude that the entire ship exploded because they're still alive. So it has to be something <laughs> that's both severe but survivable. And they're like, okay. So in the case of the Chernobyl engineers, they're like, oh, it must be one of his turbines. Um, overloaded with steam and exploded, and, and yeah, the the control tank or whatever, right. um, which I'm not sure of the function of that, right? But. Uh, but what actually had happened is the core completely exploded. So like mm-hmm. a lot of things, you see people dying heroically to do. Like there's a, there's two scientists yeah. that go down to try to like open up the control flap uh, valves to let water into the reactor. The, like the guy, the one guy who had, you know, had had gotten on their page of reality before everybody else is like, you're just going to flood a ditch. Uh-huh. There's no reactor there. Yeah. Um, and I but I don't know. I don't know how much of that stuff is like obvious to a person that doesn't know. Like, like there's a lot of these things where it's like, I think it works on one level if you know like how dangerous radiation is and mm-hmm. what some of these like when you see this the first glowing brick of uh uh, carbon uh, uh, or graphite, rather, from the the, the moderators and the reactor core. Yeah, like you don't know what that is quite yet, and maybe you don't even know by the end of the episode, but you know that someone picked it up with a glove, and five seconds later, his hands melting. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out where I where I am on that spectrum of understanding the yeah. the you know dangers of radiation because I I know that it's inherently dangerous, right? right. But it's difficult to know how much of a dose of radiation you can take right. and how that will either immediately or long-term affect you, right? Like, well, even every, if, like I yeah. said early on, every person I saw on screen, I'm like, oh, they're dead. They're right. dead. They're dead. But knowing the aftermath of this, I know that several of those people live, sure. right? I thought everybody in that control room was fucking doomed right? because they just experienced a, a dose of radiation that was off the charts. Yes. Turns out that's not actually true. Several of the people in the control room live, so... Right. I I I don't know this for a fact. Cause like, we're dealing with a show where like just knowing the effects of radiation is a spoiler, uh, because like it's sure. surprising. It's not like exact. It doesn't kill. I, I knew that like skin turning red, yeah. very very bad. You're dead within right. like a week, maybe. Right. You've got like an lucky. atomic sunburn from the yeah. amount of rate. Like you you've gotten so much radiation that it's like parboiled your flesh. Yeah. So like fuck your bone marrow, fuck your stomach lining. Uh, I mean every cell in your body is dead. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like how much because like some of this stuff could be considered a spoiler because like uh, if you know every you could probably pretty accurate protect or predict mm-hmm. who's going to live, who's going to die. And then there's like gray areas of like lots of pictures of the civilians uh, cavorting in the radioactive fallout yeah. and ash, saying how beautiful it is. Yeah, and and, and uh, you see like the I thought the other thing I didn't know is like um, that column of white light shooting out of it. I guess is was like the the air being ionized or that that uh, sharing off radiation. Oh, like wow. uh that's not something you see every day. No, what like I it re- looked like a movie special effect. For sure, yeah. I mean, it was in this case. Well, but, right, right, right. But I'm sure that's similar to what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah, the the thing that I read is that the initial explosion caused a certain huge amount of radioactive material or, or radiation, you know, to to be let out, and then the fire that burned pushed a roughly the equivalent uh, amount of radiation into the air. Yeah. Uh, over the course of it burning, I think it was like a few days, a couple days. Right. Uh, it, yeah. So like the initial explosion was so horrific, but then that amount again yeah. was dumped out into the surrounding area. And so what we what, and ended up mostly, I think, in Bulgaria, which right. fucking sucks. Right. 
But I think as like I was watching this my with my my wife Cecily, who you know hadn't had the benefit of reading all this stuff about Chernobyl, maybe isn't as versed on what like radiation can actually do to a person. But mm-hmm. I think her assumption is that every like you when you've seen all those children and families that those people are just dead, like playing into radioactive ash. Yeah. yeah. What I think you're you're going to understand um, is that these children have a very greatly Mm-hmm. Uh, increased chance of thyroid cancer and leukemia and other developmental mm-hmm. and there's like pregnant women like uh, what radiation um, I mean it can burn you you know obviously but what it's it the, the really bad thing it does is it kills like the stem cells the things that like um, it doesn't kill your blood red blood cells it kills your bone marrow mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't um, it, 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 it destroys your, your like any rapidly uh, dividing cell like your intestinal lining it can kill all that stuff and then you die from sepsis and shock so, um, I, I, and then there's the, uh, that's acute radiation poisoning. And then yeah. there's just radiation poisoning in general, which is like, well, you're going to have like 3000% more chance of getting, you mm-hmm. know, leukemia or thyroid cancer or things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and it may not manifest for, I, I think we're still right. not done with the effects of Chernobyl. Like no, there I mean, are people surviving today who are still dealing with right. the fallout. Sure. Of and, and if you're paying attention, you look at Jared Harris, um, in the two years ago scene and you look at him the day he yeah. commits suicide and you know, his hair is falling out. There's a bloody handkerchief mm-hmm. where he's coughing or maybe his nose is bleeding. Like, you know, if you get it, like, like a lot of these people, like that guy, anyone that that, that gazed into the burning you're heart dumb. of that reactor, you're going to be dead in like three to nine days. Yes, a hundred percent. But a lot of people, like I don't know, because uh, I honestly don't know. I didn't recognize Jared Harris's character's name. I don't know what his level of involvement is. I don't know how much time he spends on site. But there's also then like just the chronic. You know, like like if you can get a very high fatal dose of radiation, but it might take months or years to yeah. to finally kill you. Um, so yeah, now that again, that's kind of sets the stage. Mm -hmm. This is all happening before or instantaneous with the the episode airing and the rest of it. The thing that I think is the, the reason why I think this is not only just a great disaster film, but it's like unusually instructive because like, you know, what is knowing about the the like that why the titanic sunk like that what 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 that's just a human drama but it's like not of any immediate relevance today except for hey we always got to remember keep enough lifeboats to 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 forever life aboard a a ship but like here it's like i feel like there's a lot of lessons that we can learn about the relationship society has with the truth with expertise with being able to uh accept blame and properly um you know like 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 figure things out and what are things happening and why and who needs to be you know, like just ability to, to sift down to the truth. And and I thought that Jared Harris is kind of monologue to begin the episode where it's like, you know, what are the cost of lies to, to society mm-hmm. was, was, was excellent and stuff that, um, I think, uh, cause I think one of the reactions is going to be, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, look at this fucking Soviet union. <laughs> Their their cult like worship of communism, yeah. uh, an inability to take blame, or everything is all about like uh, suppress dissent and suppress information, and, and that could that could never happen in like a Western country or a country huh. like America. Mm-hmm. I, and actually, I think that's true. I think some parts of this situation wouldn't happen the same way. Sure, right. But I also think that we're only about a generation away from being right there in that ballpark if we don't. stop fucking around with how we treat lies and truth especially when we're talking about expert scientific opinion like i I think we're closer than a generation okay i'm being i'm being being optimistic yeah Uh, i'm being because i think that i don't know that i would say we're not there already right uh but yeah i mean that is it's interesting because i I know the writer of this started writing it before the 2016 election which is Mm. i think in in my mind when sort of this idea of alternative facts Mm -hmm really came into focus mm-hmm. uh and and so he didn't have any of that in mind which i think you should you should probably keep in mind watching this show right but it has since then become more and more relevant yeah and i i feel like sometimes we make a mistake of thinking that like this shit began with trump because one thing i learned from like watching the ken burns documentary on vietnam is if you want to look at like like um it seems like the united states knew that vietnam was unwinnable for years 
before they actually in fact they suppressed that information they conducted yeah. their own studies saying that nope this is war is unwinnable uh at any yeah, at any kind of like acceptable military or political cost and we should really we should really stop doing it and they suppressed that and they doubled down and it happened over many different administrations on many different sides of the aisle mm-hmm. and the fact that you know Something like this couldn't be covered up. Like the Vietnam War cost tens of thousands of American lives, hundreds of thousands, if not more, Vietnamese lives. Mm-hmm. Far, Je- far more deadly than this Chernobyl. Yeah, time. when you talk about the environmental impacts of like DDT and Agent Orange and all the other shit, and the, the fact that we still have servicemen coming down with cancer and dying that mm-hmm. were exposed to that, and to say nothing to Vietnamese, like. I'm just saying, like, if you're watching this thinking, like, smugly thinking, oh, these fucking Soviets, like, (laughs) this can absolutely, if you let enough fuckers that are more afraid of getting in trouble than they are of, like, being on the right side of history uh, with the levers of power, this is how you get this shit. And I, you know, I'm like, man, what would happen if something like, and the other thing is, like, you look around in in my adult lifetime, I feel like I've seen America's infrastructure get worse and worse, Mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe like I, I, I always took it as a fact that like no like Western reactor would ever do something like this. But then again, like that was when they were designed properly and when they were new and when they're being run by experts that like had respect for scientific fact and how long it takes for infrastructure to crumble to where those things maybe maybe not be safe. And is there going to be a person strong enough to be like this reactor needs to be condemned, even is going to cost a billion dollars because we keep right. running of one. Are those people still around in the United States? I don't and, know. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, to me, it was it was interesting to see this Dyatnov guy, who was kind of the 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 head scientist on right. on staff there. Yeah, um, down in the control room, he's the the guy who vomits on the the briefing room table, and they have to take him off to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, his denial was so interesting to me because. In my mind, it's very clear when you see, okay, we have a device that can read up to 3.6 Ronkins uh-huh. uh, on this decimeter, and he hears it's a 3.6 reading. My mind immediately says, oh, well, we need a better decimeter. Sure. We need sure. something because it's, that's it's what maxed we call, out. That's what we call a lower limit to what the yeah. radiation could be. Right. Like <laughs> if, I, if I get a thermometer and I see it's at the very fucking top. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like 42 degrees, and I know, uh, okay, well, it doesn't feel like 42 in here. Right. It, then I'm thinking, we need a better thermometer. Right. Uh, but but it, it seemed like there was a there were a couple of calls that he probably made in this scenario mm-hmm. um, to you know disable safety features of the reactor, to many, many, many other things that did not let him acknowledge that this was a very obvious thing, mm-hmm. right? Like... We obviously have a, a reading that is way lower than it probably is. Mm-hmm. Let's figure this out. He instead just said, this is the reading. Report that up the chain. Right. And then that kind of spiraled out of control. Then everybody won and the, you know, won. The, um, I mean, there are some definite unique parts of Soviet culture that, that led into that. Because, like, once mm-hmm. someone... But I don't think they're that the, unique. No, it, right. Like, well, the idea of, right. oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this yeah. because it was directly my responsibility mm-hmm. and and I fucked it up yeah, hardcore. And, and, and like if I had, if it's so funny because that's I, universal. If the first person had reported that it's a disaster and the reactor blown up, like I think the Soviet apparatus would function fine. They would have and, and they would have gotten into swinging things and maybe maybe not. But it, like it would have been a little bit better. I, th- I when, assume there would still be some kind of cover up, right? You know, to say, oh, we're the Soviet Union. We couldn't have these disasters happen here. Right, right. But but they're also but like the fact that this guy who was on the ground made the call that it's fine mm-hmm. and that got reported up the chain of command. Then as like secondary reports, just sometimes minutes later came in and like, no, actually, it's not fine. There is no reactor. I just opened up the door and it yeah. looks like hell. It's uh-huh. literal hell. You only, see my face. It's melting. Only you <laughs> see hell as like a conventional fire in like a cave. This is like some kind of otherworldly science fiction. Natalie Portman annihilation hell. <laughs> right. And they're like, no, you are. you And the way they treat these people and berating them and being like, oh, you're delusional. Are mm-hmm. you stupid do you think are you know, like it's and then sending the next person in line to go out there and check it too but i think because they have this scene where they're all like in they've got the local committee members in this underground bunker and they're briefing them on it and they're trying to say oh there's no radiation and one guy's like bullshit ice came in here i saw firemen with melted faces and they're vomiting 
And this and the, like the truth was threatening to get out, and this old party apparatus guy mm-hmm. starts thumping his cane and waxing politically, or you know, waxing poetically about uh, linen and how we have to share, like we have to protect the people's fruits of their labor from their own misinformation and lies. And I, it's like in an American analogy situation, like in a corporate uh, uh, boardroom or in like a city council chamber. They wouldn't be talking about communism and yes. Vladimir Lenin, but they'd be talking about patriotism and, uh-huh. and public safety and not pay- – it's the, the end result's the or, same. Or, or, or the, the bottom line, right? Right. They, they'd be talking the about rationale. financial impacts. Yes, the, yes. Yeah, like – The jobs, the, the, the people's pensions, and it, it's – but it's all the same. You're just trying to cover your ass, and you're not mm-hmm. wanting to there, – there, there's – there's an excellent a companion podcast uh, that uh, is, it's called HBO's Chernobyl, um, where mm-hmm. uh, one of the NPR guys from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me um, interviews the writer. And the writer, like one of the interesting things is like one of the in addition to all this other like cultural, like um, kind of knee jerk reaction to like um, to, to hide the truth because the Soviet Union thought saw themselves as utopia this workers paradise uh yeah. pitted against evils of capitalism and that if, if the capitalists would exaggerate anything and, and they were kind of right because when the western media reported chernobyl <laughs> it was like thousands dead and all this yeah it was more like hundreds hospitalized right like tens dozens dead. dead and and also yeah. a lot of western europe's gonna have an elevated chance of thyroid cancer <laughs> and that yeah that's yeah. by far the worst part. yeah um but where was I going with this? Oh, the fact that, like, the human inability to consider your own mortality. Because, like, one of the reasons these guys were saying it couldn't have exploded is because they were <laughs> they were still alive. And they believed right. that if this reactor had exploded, they'd all be dead, either from, a, like, the, like, either from an invisible dose of radiation that they don't see or just the blast itself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're not only, it's like trying to troubleshoot, like, a program that is also, like, if you troubleshoot it successfully, the answer is going to be you're dead. Uh-huh. Like you're trying to come to grips with something that you think is impossible, which is a reactor exploding, and also you're trying to come to grips with something you also think is impossible, which is the annihilation of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that just shit was just just really excellent and well done. Yeah, and it was also interesting, you know, some of the some of the rationale, the things going through some people's heads at that point would have been, uh, okay, well I've been told to go out to this reactor and look right into it. Yeah, uh, which means. If I do that, I'm dead, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm if, not dead already, yeah. Yeah, if if I do that and the reactor has been blown away, yeah, uh, I'm done. The way the, the however, way the, if Jesus. if I do that and the reactor hasn't been blown away, it's kind of fine, right? Yeah. Like So so either way, it's okay to do it because yeah. you're already dead if the reactor has blown. Right. Uh, looking into it is not going to change that fate. Right. Uh, and if, if the reactor hasn't blown, you look into it, you're fine. Yeah. You'll see that oh, there's still a reactor there. It is. It so, so it's almost like a why not do it. Yeah, right? it's it's a bit, it's like watching this guy confront his own Schrodinger's box, which his life yeah. in and like he's he's the dead cat that's either alive or dead, depending uh-huh. on open like the way that guy portrayed <laughs> that of of a of a dead man walking, and he's mm-hmm. like, and these like Soviet apparatus guys are like, hey, look, it's just go up there, and the, I'm like. In an American movie, you'd be like, hey, pal, you go up there and look. Yeah. But in the Soviet Union where there's a you know a Red Army guard with the Kalishnikov right behind you, you go up and you look at hell. Yeah. Uh, and that's what the guy, the guy did. I mean, it's especially affecting because all of these scientists know what's up. Sure. Right? Like, they know the effects of radiation. Yeah. They understand how bad this is. And they understand that any of the actions they take could lead to the worsening of it, mm-hmm. A, or also a delay in fixing it, which mm-hmm. is just as problematic as making it worse. Yeah. No, uh, every hour that this was demise. allowed to burn yeah. is spreading this uh, this poison across the world. Yeah, um, so I really got into the heads of these people who are intimately familiar with the damage that yeah. is currently happening yeah. in, in this episode. Uh, and it was very affecting. Mm-hmm. The the entire time I was just looking at it with my mouth open, going, "What would you do? What would wow, you, yeah, this and the, like I thought so. Th- th- there's it, because it's so. I, I mean, the the idea of radiation is just so fucked up. It's something yeah. you can't see, you right. can't feel, you don't have any idea the effect it's having on you mm-hmm. until 
potentially months later when it yeah. starts manifesting. And they're naturally recurring sources of radiation. Um, there's mm-hmm. a naturally someplace a higher background, but this kind of thing is. I think one of the things that's so interesting about this, and it's this isn't my original thought. It's been in a lot of the uh, uh, promotional materials, but this is an entirely man-made disaster. Like yeah. other things, like this the is sea a human got scale. angry, or something caught on fire, or a tornado, or a flood. This like would not happen were it not for monkeys banging rocks together and making tools. Like that's that's yeah. what caused like this is entirely a man-made and uniquely man-made disaster and because of that like we have hundreds of thousands not millions of years dealing with fire and mm-hmm. blunt trauma and floods and earthquakes but like and and know what the danger you know we know what burning smoke tastes like. We yeah. we don't know if we were on a scene and suddenly a mouse tastes like metal. Oh, we're all dead men. Because this is our mm-hmm. brains being ionized and our, you know, it's like, ah, yeah, the fact that, you know, it's like, I, I know this guy, anytime someone looked at the burning reactor, they're dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think that there's no fucking way every person that looked right oh, into yeah, their target reactor, there's, because there's, uh, so I'm going to link both the imager uh, thing that has all the details if you want to go in the insane technical details of how this happened. I'm also going to link this um, XKCD comic. If you don't know, this is a, um, a, a, a physicist that makes these stick figure cartoons that are kind of like brainy and smart. But one time he did a cartoon that just illustrates like the dose of radiation you get all the way like at the lowest scale like by eating a banana to and at the top and like every, like, like there's multiple like orders of magnitude where it's like you know this little box and then there's like a fly out that says okay all of these boxes are now this one little box mm-hmm. and then all of these so and it goes through it's like this is a chest x-ray and this is what it's like to fly for an hour at thirty-five thousand feet and then he draws a line around all that it's like okay all of these boxes are now this box he does it like four times and then he gets to like standing next to the chernobyl reactor for one minute and it's like yeah. 10 of the boxes that were made up of all the other boxes. It's like orders of magnitude more than any like like uh, than, than, than any other kind of source of radiation you can think of, maybe except for standing next to an atomic bomb. So, yeah, like, so yeah. I looked up um, on Wikipedia. One of the things I did see is a chart of sort of the, the varying radiation levels right. um, in different parts of this facility. Right. And, and if you were unfortunate enough to have looked into this reactor... Mm-hmm. You were getting something on the order. So let me set this up. 300 Ronkins, mm-hmm. I think, is guaranteed fatal to a human, essentially. Right. Um, if you were looking into that reactor, you were getting something on the order of 15,000 Yeah, right to your face. So guaranteed the people who look into that thing are done. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is why it's so affecting when you see the guy ordered to go up there mm-hmm. and look into it. Yeah. Because you know he's and, not and coming And you know back. that he knows. Yeah, yeah. And he's talking to two dumb parts that... To have no idea. Well, and he's taken this guard up there too, uh-huh. which was maybe the more affecting thing. Yeah. Is this guard doesn't know? Right. This he's guard down in a bunker, is just told he would have been fine. He's standing out there in the control kid, room, and he's just escorting the scientist to yeah. look at something. And yeah, um, so there's these two two of the uh, control room guys that seem like they were the ones that were flipping switches when the things exploded. Uh-huh. Um, they were one of the ones because like they they had to override so many of the plant's existing safety protocols yeah to even get the reactor to this state because they were trying desperately to make the test work and they didn't understand like why uh-huh. is the reactor losing power we'll keep removing control rods so it burns hotter because we have to have this minimum energy uh the, these guys like i think felt- instead of letting the test fail yeah. They were trying to make it work right and that's sort right. of what or, led to this yeah, whole yeah, thing yeah. so I, I feel like these two guys at this at the point where they went down there opened these water chains i think they knew what they're doing i think this is almost like a like a, a like a almost a ritual sacrifice that they felt so bad about what they did or like and i again i don't think that they're ultimately responsible the guy mm-hmm. you know a level or two above them is the one that's supervising and telling them to do these things um but like i felt like they were going down there to commit suicide did you get that impression uh yeah okay. i've i felt that they fully knew they were dead right because they were gonna have to spend hours in a highly radiated area right and they were doing it in the futile effort that maybe just maybe this reactor is not exploded right maybe we can fix this problem and save right thousands of people yeah and i wonder if there's a um because i i don't know whether like maybe because that's my uh my reading on it but it is possible that flooding that room with water might do something um so it's like it it wouldn't surprise me Hmm. if you find a next episode that like them flooding that room um, wouldn't it just all flash to steam and 
Yeah, but cooling, like getting the reactor to cool down is like a, an important part of all this because you've got this radioactive metallic lava that's now, I mean, because there's, well, I mean, like I said, some of the stuff is cons- like, I don't want to spoil, if you don't know anything about Chernobyl, um, then I would encourage you not to read like the Wikipedia to just like fucking let this this thing wash over you because while this isn't yeah. 100% accurate, um, it seems like the changes they made were very minimal and to simplify the, mm-hmm. the storytelling. And I think not, according to the writer, they've taken care not to uh, hyperbolize much of this, right. um, to take sort of a middle road because yeah. there was was a lot of hyperbole going around sure, at the sure. time. Um, so, like, I, I – um, but but I don't know because uh, I, I thought, like, my first impulse is, like, I ought to run through and read all this stuff over again. As I, I understand it, I mean, it's an atomic – Reaction and it would continue to happen no matter how much water you doused on it. Yeah, uh, but I'm I'm not certain of that. Right, but like if you, you yeah, but like I, I know that part of the thing is like when things melt down is like when you got that thing that's now it's, it's instead of being a solid mass, it's now running and it can get in nooks and crannies and it can start like a, eating through concrete and stuff. Like sometimes mm-hmm. like just physically cooling that down. Hmm. Um, might help. I, but I says I don't know. Like I, my my gut feeling says that these guys are committing suicide because they felt bad, and this is a way. Like they think they're dead anyway. So let's yeah. go down and do this futile gesture to. <laughs> but I, I I don't I I don't know. Yeah, one of the I don't points. know enough about Chernobyl to know how that you know how we get from here to the giant steel and concrete sarcophagus yeah. that like that essentially finally contained it. And I don't no, know how I'm, long that process took. And mm-hmm. um. But I yeah. don't. Th- I don't think it was very long, actually. Um, you know, maybe I, I want to say like the Fukushima thing took a lot longer to deal with, probably uh, because why that than this that was uh, also like a really really bad, but it's not. Yeah. It wasn't like Chernobyl bad. Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm really interested to see yeah. is just like how how this was dealt with because I do know, like you said, the that sarcophagus of, of concrete is put over the top of it to finally contain it, but. Mm-hmm you know how do you come up with that idea right like how many scientists are consulted how do you say okay this is the the thing we need to do where do you you know get all this because it's a massive amount of concrete like this you're is a working huge facility. in just ludicrously dangerous environment yeah the every time. person you send in there is potentially dead so yeah. you got to be ultra careful uh yeah. but that was one of the points they made in the the official podcast is yeah. just how like this may have been the best place for this to happen because there, the spirit is one of community and one of sacrifice, right. and Collective. you had a lot of people running in to fix this problem who maybe in other areas of the world wouldn't have felt that obligation and duty. Yeah, they would have been more self-preservational uh-huh. uh, in, instead of self-sacrificing. Yeah, I mean, I because they they say it's like you know this could only happen in the Soviet Union, which I don't agree with. Yeah, I don't know if that's and true. also they could only be fixed in the Soviet Union, which I because like <laughs> I, I think there's no shortage of people doing. Things. They had an interesting point on that. What's that? It, essentially, to say that like they burned a bunch of lives yeah. fixing the problem, whereas in right. in other parts of the world, maybe we would say, well, the lives that we would have to burn right. to fix this problem, that's too great a cost. Let's right. figure something else like, out. Like, if they said Three Mile Island was a Chernobyl-type event, like, the United States might have just, like, okay, well, here's a 100-mile radius where it's just a no-go zone. Yeah, and, and we'll let it burn itself out. We'll let it burn that's, itself out, because if you send, you send people in there, they're going to That's ultimately far more die. deadly, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but with, uh, you know, the 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 unique culture of the Soviet Union, they were able to just, like, uh, throw lives at the, the situation, um, which we'll see in the, the weeks to come, uh, uh, no doubt. So, um... That, that was maybe the most affecting part of this, is just seeing the gruesome effects of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, every person who vomited their guts out, mm-hmm. and their faces melted, and their mm-hmm. hands turned into just some lump of flesh... Right. Uh, just bleeding from every part of it. If I, I, I don't know. I can't imagine that happening mm-hmm. because it's it's not just the terror of like oh something bad is happening to me, but it's something you can't even understand. Mm-hmm. If you're a firefighter running into this situation, you don't know what radiation does to your body, right. and when you see your hand melting off, that's like this Cthulhu esque moment of horror. That's just beyond your comprehension. It's the lost ark when you flip when you open up the ark of the covenant. Like yeah, you're like I with... touch this thing with a glove on, uh-huh. 
and it just destroyed my hands. Like yeah. I'm sure firefighters are well equipped to you know understand the chemical processes. And sure, stuff, sure, but, sure, sure. But this the is something yeah. otherworldly. Yeah. And so seeing that, it would just, and you can't see wow. like if you like if you're a firefighter and you're running into a burning building, you go down a corridor where it's a thousand degrees. You can feel that and like right. shy away from it. Where I read some accounts of these scientists that were like later much later going in to try to like do uh to try to feel like you after the sarcophagus is built it's like okay like five years later let's let's get an accurate like let's try to understand what the state of this thing is actually now Mm -hmm. and they're like going in there these geiger counters and like okay it's like 50 rads or whatever it's fine whoa we turned the fucking corner it's 500 rads Mm -hmm. well but they had the equipment and all that so if you're if you're a firefighter you can't see like oh this place is ten thousand uh rottenets or whatever and this place is 50 it's like you just it's like fighting an invisible fire Um, and this main you know firefighter that we're following goes sort of into the reactor area yeah i mean he comes out with the tan and oh he's, yeah he's gonna be done within but, weeks i'm uh, that's the thing is like the said like the guy like uh this i think his name is vasily the, the young firefighter with the pregnant wife at home like he sees his buddy pick up one of those graphite things and he's like the fuck is this he's like just put yeah. it down five minutes later he sees that guy with his glove off screaming and his hands melted and then he like looks down he sees that chunk by <laughs> like a foot from his foot yeah and you can tell like at some level, it's already he's got to be knowing that he's that he's fucked. Yeah, and it's tragic because we do also follow his wife, who you know does right. refuses to go out to this bridge because mm. she's worried about the dangers. Uh, you know, she's before he goes out, she's telling him, "Hey, watch out for chemicals." Like mm. she understands that this could be bigger than just a fire on the roof, right? And I think that's the saddest part is that he's out there dying, and she's back there saying you don't d- please don't die <laughs> right uh what did you think I-, I thought the other thing that this show did very well is its musical yeah. like, s- soundscape mm-hmm. um reminded me a lot of like some of the weirder dave porter stuff from breaking bad okay that it just um it was composed by this uh, lady from iceland uh, hildur gutendotter and wow. she imbues this like like if you're the audience member that doesn't know that radiation is dangerous or how dangerous it is like the score will tell you uh-huh. the score does the work like you can't hear or you can't in real life you can't see or hear but in the score it's like anytime these things are happening when the villages are dancing in the radioactive dust when a fireman sees this burning thing of graphite by his foot when when a scientist is gazing into the pit of hell the sound the 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 sound the lunar cosmic horror type of of it's not music it's just a kind of a keening death knell mm-hmm. um i thought was just amazing at at ramping up as was like their their list i thought one of the more chilling things was listening to like the real whatever the russian equivalent of 9-11 calls are with the weird oh, like yeah. international klaxons in the background mm-hmm. like listening to these people talk and and it's because that's i i'm assuming those recordings are real i don't know why they would use None, but that that kind of shit. Like, all right, there's there's dead people making calls to soon to be dead people to come fix this mm-hmm. problem. Uh, <laughs> this going to become an international fiasco. It's just, and, and the soundtrack does a lot of work at the end too, where mm-hmm. we kind of go over to uh, what I assume is this the town of Pripyat or mm-hmm. is that right? I think you're right. Pri- I'm not going to contradict you. I, yeah. I don't know. I I'm not Russian, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh. But yeah, the the soundtrack does a lot of heavy lifting there too because we see, you know, it's relatively peaceful. Um, the, the kids are going to school, I assume, mm-hmm. uh, and the soundtrack is saying everything you're seeing here is wrong. Yeah, these it's people bad. should have been gone hours ago. Right. It's uh, it's really good. One of the other tragedies about this is that this town was full of very young idealistic people because mm-hmm. uh, this was kind of like. Um, a fairly remote post that they chose this site because it was close to the capital of Ukraine, but also remote enough that it wouldn't be a danger if something like this happened. So it's kind of seen mm-hmm. as a lesser, uh, not a desirable post. So like <laughs> a lot of young engineers straight out of college lived there. The median age of the town was 26. Wow. 
And but to make up for it, the Soviets, because like this was going to be their city of the future, like they it was supposed to be like very utopian. If you look at the like the city plans, like this was going to be like the shining jewel of the Soviet. It did look very, very nice. It's very flower lined walkways. Yeah. And it's like because they had abundant, you know, like like the power was super cheap and, you know, the the government spent a lot of money on it. So that the housing and accommodations were new and Mm -hmm. upgraded and like their markets were full. And there's all these like amenities that are not very common in like remote areas. So like it drew a lot of like young inexperienced but idealistic people wanting to move so like it's double tragedy that not only is a town going to be decimated and riddled with cancer and whatnot but like this is some of the best and brightest most idealistic people of the country <laughs> yeah um you know it's just there's a, multiple layers of irony and human tragedy and this and that was just another one that i don't know that they will actually talk about but it's just something that i found in my own independent research so as far as the structure of the episode goes, I mm-hmm. thought it was it was very compelling. You mm-hmm. get the the beginning where you see I I think Jared Harris's character's name is Legasov, but I'm not sure. Um I I know very few names in this other than Dyadnov. It's Russian for Orlando Bloom. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh so so you get him killing himself at the beginning. So uh-huh. you're like, okay, this is not going to go well for him. Right. Uh but that is not the main thing they're concerned with, which right. is what they're telling you there. And I like that. And then at the end, they sort of say, okay, we've been focused. We've been hammering you with this reactor and mm-hmm. this facility this entire episode. Oh, I bet you forgot about the other cost of this. And we go over to the town. Right. And that, to me, is just a brilliant way to seg into the next episode. Mm-hmm. Because now, because they leave you with this notion of like, oh, as bad as I thought this was when I was looking at the carnage at the, the reactor at the plant. Mm-hmm. It's doubly bad because, or potentially even far more worse, because now there's this civilian population who we have to consider. Yeah. And I hadn't thought about that until the end of the episode. Of course I had, but right. I imagine a lot of people have not thought about that. Yeah, and it's like how hard it is going to be evacuate somebody. Um, yeah. And, uh, and whether they're even going to get evacuated because right. of the denial that's been going on within the ranks here. Right. It's it's a really good ending to what is a harrowing episode already. Yeah. And then they just pile it on at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, the fact that, like, I think that if you'd asked me how this thing would gone, like, I would think that, oh, the first episode is going to be explaining how the reactor is going to explode. Right. And it'll probably we'll ends, see the, the first chapter is going to end. And it's like, it completely subverted my expectations when I heard the writer talk about, like, he intended to do that. It's like, look, yeah. everyone's seen the, everyone knows like how these things go and like there's this tension between like the people that have read the wikipedia articles and know it's like okay or if it, so uh-huh. he's like you know what fuck all that i'm all the like things that people expect they're going to build up to i'm just going to hit them right in the first five minutes of the show so that you will then be gobsmacked about like you'll be it puts you in a position of the the russians themselves like coming to grips yeah. with what the unthinkable and then once you do that then convincing everybody up the chain of command that you just said hey it's cool it's cool it's cool to be there with you all the time that like you know this radiation shit's cumulative Mm -hmm. like getting a chest ray is not bad (laughs) getting a chest ray every day is or if if you left the chest ray machine on for 60 seconds like this stuff is like oh it's all cumulative you know yeah um like touching a hot stove is bad leaving your hand on a hot stove for five minutes is is worse and that's what these people are being exposed to uh mm-hmm. completely unknowingly um so like i, I there's like i've uh it, it's going to be interesting to see like how high the death toll actually is like what you know individual tales of heroics to get this thing contained and uh how that plays out i'm really interested to see like because like it's funny when jared harris gets called in um legos legoloff um as you said uh <laughs> uh-huh. he like guy talking on the phone it seems like they want to treat him just like a Wikipedia article. Like, you sit yeah. in the corner and we have a direct question, but you sh- keep your fucking mouth shut on commentary. Or, yep. j- obviously, Jared Harris isn't going to do that. No, and that's the thing I'm most excited about. Because we is know... to see the battle between him and the people who would try to keep it under wraps. Yeah, like how this, like, you know, like what... And, you know, I, it'd be interesting to see, like, what would happen if you... Like, what would happen in the Chernobyl thing if you didn't have a guy like that that's willing mm-hmm. to, like, I know. Because, like, at the end of the episode, you see he's got some kind of unspecified, probably radiation-based sickness. He's being tailed by someone in the government. Um, yeah. I, I, I wanted, oh, god damn it, on the second, 
On the second walk, the watch through, I wanted to verify to see if his living conditions had deteriorated because I know that's another thing that the Soviets would do is like if you piss them off, it's like, oh, you got a nice apartment. Welcome to the yeah. shithole guy because you just got reassigned. Uh-huh. Um, I wonder if there's like how much of a price he paid. And he's a citizen of the country. He knows exactly what kind of price he's going to pay. Yeah. And he does it anyway. I-, I wonder how he's even allowed to speak up about it in the first place. Is right. maybe my biggest question, because the tone of that conversation on the phone is very much one of, we don't want your input. We simply right. want facts um, about reactors from you. How does it morph from that into he's sort of... It seems like he's going to be the lead guy on on saying how bad this is what we need to do about it how to fix it yeah all that stuff i'm i'm really curious to see how that transition takes place yeah how it's allowed to take place right right Right. uh and how hands-on he gets because obviously if he's dying of some radiation sickness he probably it's not just Mm -hmm. intellectual heroics or like intellectual honesty he's taking a stand he must put his body on the on the line there too so uh yeah it's going to be i'm very excited i was very as soon as i heard about this project Mm -hmm. with the pedigree and the talent attached to it i was excited and um my only worry is it might be too dry but this like Mm, i said this i can't imagine not being completely gripped Uh, and the less you know i think the more fucking fascinating it must be yeah um so yeah and and jared harris Man, he is choosing some really good projects yeah. lately. Yeah, I mean, he went from Mad Men to the Terror to this. I I know he's done other stuff, sure, but sure. the stuff I've seen him in recently has been just all phenomenal. the big all the big profile stuff he's done in the last five years have been pretty much solid gold. Yeah, so hats off to you, sir. Maybe this will be the one that gets him knighted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, sure one other thing I want to talk to you about. Uh, what do you think of the, the the choice they made on accents? That's an interesting choice. I So I heard the rationale from the writer. Right. And it's essentially that you don't want Rocky and Bullwinkle here. Right. You got they, they in in during Boris the casting, Natasha during the casting when the people were doing their things it's like this is very big trouble for Moose and Square. Yeah. And, it would sound silly. Yeah. Right away. Um That said, I think I expected them to go for it and to make this mostly subtitled mm-hmm. because I've seen movies recently that have done that and have worked really well. Like mm-hmm. Kingdom is is a miniseries, mm-hmm. or actually it's a full so series. So just go like with all Russian actors and get yeah. Ukrainians yeah. and Lithuanians. And, yeah. Right, and of course I knew that couldn't happen because Jared Harris is in it. So sure. I knew that wasn't the case, but I, I guess it mostly works. They also said they didn't want Americans in it because as an American television show, if you hear an American accent, it immediately... See, breaks you the, out of the, it the old ass soviet guy waxing poetical about uh, about vladimir lenin was american like i thought that, he gave is that maester lewin it looks oh, a shit. damn You're right. lot I like him it, i think it might be i think it might be okay but i thought I he's like, some some I, brit i thought he gave like he sounded like a fairly non-regional diction midwestern type accent um, hmm. if he's got a, a english accent it was extremely slight yeah uh, I don't know, but they they said they didn't want any Americans, so I assume. Huh. Yeah. No, I mean is that's I mean, it's long been the case that we substitute British accents for Roman, yeah, Russian, mm-hmm. ancient Greece because it 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 reads as exotic and like, but like, I I I don't know why. Uh, I I don't know why anyone gives a shit about that because like if you got like seven different Americans in the room, one of them's from Boston, one of them's from the Bronx, mm-hmm. one of them's from Atlanta, Georgia, one of them's from Texas, one of them's from Minnesota, one of them's from the Valley in California, they would all have vastly different accents and effects to how they're speaking the English. So like, yeah. why is it a problem to mix American English, Scottish, Irish? I'm not sure. That was just his and, rationale. And, and they also, yeah, because they also they they are mixing some of those because like Stellan uh, uh, Stellan Skarsgård, I yeah. think is his name, is Swedish, and like I and I I don't think they're going to ask him to change his natural accent. So apparently they don't. It's just um, American American accent. You hear that coming out of a Russian's mouth? Like what the fuck? They, they, he did say that they asked some of the actors. I think maybe particularly Stellan mm-hmm. to, uh, to re- take the edge yeah. off their accent a little bit. Like yeah, yeah. 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 Um so I don't know. I will say I was relieved that I didn't have to watch this thing with sure. subtitles yeah. and be constantly reading because I wanted to be focused on what was happening on the screen. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think good choice. 
ultimately I didn't even, not to. I, what I thought was funny is I didn't even notice like that the choice had been made. But like we were, me and Cecily were talking about it later that night, and she's like, "Oh, what is, isn't it weird that they none of them they weren't doing?" The, and I'm like, "I didn't even fucking notice because huh. the one thing that the writer said is." They wanted it to to feel like people were just having a conversation and like, you know, obviously like people shouldn't be struggling with accents, either trying to affect one or trying to tone one down. Like everyone should speak because that's like if two Russians are speaking together, it wouldn't be uh, they wouldn't obviously be struggling with their dialogue. It'd be it's, yeah. it's more important to have the natural performance, which I I mean, obviously it worked with me. And I think that was a, mm-hmm. a smart, smart call. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Nope. Uh, if you have some thoughts, you can send in a TV at baldmove.com. We might consider some feedback in the weeks ahead. Uh, but I, yeah, I just realized we, we went full dingle on this thing without any kind of spoiler warning. We should probably go back and re- record of like, uh, Hey, we're just going to get spoilers right off the bat. Um, because like, I was just saying like, I really hope people fucking see this. Um, I, I looked in like the early returns is like, uh, like three quarters of a million people. Like it, that's that's not a you know it's not terrible, but like mm. it's no Game of Thrones. It's no Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's, it's not even really a, a sharp objects. Uh, nah. And I think that this is at least as interesting as as things that that happened in the and and something that I don't think is also like I've seen multiple takes on titanic i've seen multiple takes on like 9 9 11 and different like dramatizations of that and warfare i don't i this is the first time i've ever seen uh something about this which is kind of funny since it happened almost over 30 years ago um but there's not been a film in the west about it it's interesting Mm -hmm. so and i'm probably wrong about that there probably is a documentary film Mm -hmm. uh send that in to tv at baldmove.com because i'm in the mood to consume everything chernobyl right now yeah uh, that's it. That's it for this week. Uh, we will be back next week. We'll also be back later this week to do a TV potpourri roundup, kind of more uh, what we usually do. And we'll see you then. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later.